Hills, thanks for hanging out with us here today. We're so, so glad, and I'm, I'm so glad to have my wife teaching with me today. So could you give Kara a hand? Yeah. Uh, we are, uh, we're also having a baby, so I guess that, it wasn't as we much are. a surprise to me, though. So, okay, awesome. Well, we're so glad. Why don't you grab your message notes? We're going to get right into the message, but first, I'm excited to give you some news about what's happening at City Hills. We are going to be having four Easter services, everybody, so how cool is that? And uh, the, 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 real, the real cool thing about when that fourth service is going to be, when we're, we're going to be adding that experience, it's going to be, drum roll please, we can use our knees everybody, drum roll please, it's going to be our first ever Saturday night experience, so we're going to be doing Easter Saturday and Easter Sunday. So we're, we're excited. When we moved from the middle school uh, to here, we're, for anyone who's new, we're a church that's about two and a half years old, so we're just a toddler church. And we were a baby church, uh, but God's just been so faithful. When we moved from there to here, we just uh, we, we were out of room from the first day. And so we're believing God for a bigger space. And uh, I told the last service, any building you see, just go put your hand on it and say, in Jesus' name, let it be for City Hills. We've, we're praying for a bigger space, but we're not, we're not going to ever let uh, the lack of space stop us from growing and making a difference. Uh, we're, we're, we're never, and that's not just today, that's going to be for the rest of our, the life of our church, that what we pray that every building God ever blesses us with, we always have problems trying to figure out where to put everybody because the buildings are not going to be able to contain the increase of what God's doing in our city. So thank you for being a church that consists, and this, the, the fact that this service is full today, if I could just say from the bottom of my heart, Thank you for, I know a lot of you have transitioned out of the uh, out of the 1015 service and specifically been coming to this one just so that you can make more room for, for more people. So, hey, could you, just, could you just give yourself a hand Woo! for being a church that's willing to be inconvenienced so that we can reach more people? And um, so we're excited. It's going to be our service times on Easter are going to be, we're changing all of our service times, but our service times at Easter are going to be Saturday at 5, then Sunday at 830 uh, 10 and 11.30. So you guys get to come a little bit earlier. Uh, eight, so 8.30, 10, and 11.30, that's on Sunday, and then Saturday at 5. And we're going to actually keep that for three weeks after Easter. We're just going to try it out. And we, we, that's what we do. We, we'll do a series, and we'll, we'll go back to our normal schedule if it's not, um, if it's not working. But we're just believing that it's going to just give us more opportunity to invite more people to come and to hear about Jesus. So I've, I've been using it like the last two or three days, and people say, oh, you know, working this Sunday. or yeah, I'm like, come Easter, Saturday night, you know. So it's, it's just a great, I believe it's going to be a great opportunity to invite people to come that normally um, maybe work on Sunday mornings. Also, some people just love having Saturday night be the night they bring their family to church. And uh, they, they get out at a decent time, go grab a bite to eat, just have a, a family Saturday night at church. So we're excited. I've never been a part of a church that did Saturday night, so I'm pumped to see what it's going to be like and to try it out as a church. And thank you just for being a church that's willing to do anything short of sin to reach people that need Jesus. So uh, super, super cool. Well, uh, I want to I pray for us. I want to pray for this message, also for kind of what we're talking about moving forward as a church, because we do all of this and submit it to the Lord. Uh, just pray that God would, would help us. Because here's the deal. If the scripture God gave me when we were starting the church is except the Lord build the house, 
they that labor, labor in vain. So in other words, everything that we do is, is, is incomplete, is meaningless, unless God's favor and blessings on it. So, so let's, just, let's just submit all that to God and also pray for our message here today. Lord, we thank you so much for um, the fact that we get to be part of um, your kingdom and it's moving forward and how exciting it is. So we don't, we, we don't uh, listen and, and, and ascribe to the thought that the church is, the best days of the church are behind us. God, we believe that the best days are ahead of us. God, you said that, that even in the, in the last days, those who know their God will shine like the stars in the heavens. God, thank you that we're part of a shining uh, church that's moving forward. God, we get to be part of this, Lord. And we, but we submit all these ideas, thoughts, plans, uh, desires for bigger space, God, more services, all that, God, is at your feet. God, and we pray that we would be a church that could continually seek after you, God, because unless you build this house, Lord, we're just laboring in vain, but thank you that you're building your house, and we get to be part of it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, we, uh, we've been we, we, we found some memes for you today to, to talk about because, you know, truth is in memes. You know, it's just that's where the real truth of life is, not really, but... But so uh, here's some memes. Here, here's, here's, here's the first one. It says, uh, we're starting our lives together. Um, let's spend all of our money in one day. <laughs> you know, that makes all, all the married folks are like, I wish I had all that money that I spent on the wedding. That would be, that would be great. Uh, here's another one. Ladies, please do not get mad at me, but um, don't hate the messenger. Okay, ma math made simple. If you have $20 and your wife has $5, then she has $25. Amen. Give me all the money. <laughs> I have one for you. What it's like living with my husband. Oh, that's a low blow. No. That, that's a hard-working brother right there. <laughs> He's like, I he just almost had such made a hard day. In. He just, I just, that extra six inches, I can't do it, you know? Uh, it's, it's, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Uh, here's another one. Don't try to understand women. Women understand women, and they hate each other. People are like, I'm finding another church after this. I'm offended, <laughs> highly offended. Never laugh at your wife's choices because you are one of them. <laughs> this is the best one, though. Um, if two people love each other, nothing is impossible except finding where to eat. Amen. Except deciding where to eat. All the married folks said amen to that. Mm. Where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere. What about here, here, and here? No, I don't want to go any of those places. <laughs> here we go. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1 says this. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved its seven columns. She has prepared a great banquet, mixed with wines, and set the table. She has sent her servants to invite everyone to come. I want you to notice this is like a wedding that wisdom is preparing together. It says, she calls out from the heights overlooking the city. Come in with me. She urges to the simple. To those who lack judgment, she says, come, eat my food, drink the wine that I've mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. So wisdom is crying out to us about how to live. It's, it's available to everybody. And specifically in the area of our relationships, this wisdom is preparing a wedding. And regardless if you're married, not married, um, in, in, in kind of a difficult season, wherever you are, I believe wisdom still cries out to us to say, hey, don't do it the world's way. Do it God's way. And because verse 13 um, kind of shows us the other side of the coin and it's folly or foolishness. And it says, 
It's crying out too. In verse 13, it says, The woman named Folly is brash. She's ignorant and doesn't know it. She sits in her doorway on the heights overlooking the city. She calls out to those who are going by minding their own business. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, Stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. But little do they know that the dead are there. Her guests are in the depths of the grave. So a totally different picture. That there's, a God, there's God's way to do things, and then there's kind of the world's way of doing things. And uh, if we want to be blessed, then we do it God's way. If we want to do it the world's way, it's, it, it's, it's not going to be um, good. It's going to end in death. And really, the choice is, is yours. That's what the Scripture is trying right. to say. Right, and so today we just wanted to share a few things that we are learning um, we have, we don't feel that we have arrived. We don't feel like we have all the answers to every Amen. marriage question um, that there is. But um, I just wanted to debunk the myth that there, um, there is a perfect marriage, okay? Um, because the best marriages are two imperfect people coming together and, and sharing life. Um, but if we aim for healthy, for whole, for progress, um, and for improvement, then we can always grow. And um, so whether you're in a healthy marriage, maybe you're in a struggling marriage, maybe you're preparing for marriage, maybe you're hoping to be married one day. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that there is hope for your, for your relationship because there's hope in Jesus. And um, so we just wanted to share a few things today um, with you guys that we we're learning and We'll continue to learn Absolutely. And along so the way. We, we just want to, this isn't like a sermon or anything today. It's, I'm not going to preach at you. Yeah, go ahead, girl. Go ahead. I but, might. I don't know. <laughs> but really just sharing from our heart. Uh, because in this room, there is every situation imaginable. Uh, from, from students to uh, empty nesters. There's people in every different place of life. And, and our prayer is just that God would, would help us. And we're just going to share a little bit from our journey about some things that we can do from this day forward. Could you say that with me? From this, this day, day forward. forward. That's the goal. Whatever we are, wherever we are, from this day forward, here are some decisions that we can make in our lives that are going to help us have that house that wisdom built that's described in Proverbs 9. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. From this day forward, seek God. From this day forward, seek God. It really seems cliche. It seems like that's like the church thing. You know, it's, oh yeah, that's what the pastor is supposed to say. But, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm learning in just my life that uh, relationships only work when they're in the right order. And a lot of times, uh, I feel like with us, our temptation, we're in a season we have small kids and one on the way. But we have, um, we're, we're in that season where it's so easy to put the kids first. And um, marriage only works in the order of God first, then your spouse then your kids, then the rest then of your family. Someone corrected then us earlier, and they said to be sure to add the grandkids. They said the grandkids always top the kids. That's what they said. So, so there you go for those <laughs> of you with grandkids. But it only works in in the right order because otherwise we're believing the lie that that somebody's going to complete me, that you're going to complete me, and I I think that's probably what I thought whenever we first met and just fell in love. When we met, we we were. Uh, I had a, Kara's cousin was a friend of mine, and he was a pastor, and he was having like this youth service thing that was like a bonfire, and he, um, he didn't tell me, but he, he invited her trying to hook us up, and he leans in my ear, and he says, behold, your future wife, and I was like, in the name of Jesus, I claim it, 
But year and a half later, here we are. I don't know if he's ever prophesied anything else, but that was that was a good one. But but I, I think I think I definitely walked in thinking you were just going to complete me, sure. and and then we got married and I realized, man, only God can complete me, right? Because uh, marriage at its best, and I felt like when we got married, we had a lot of factors in our favor. Uh, we had people in our corner. We weren't on a weird financial thing. We 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 were we were on solid ground, but it was still difficult at best. Sure. And uh, I, I like to say to to illustrate it in this way that um, a lot of times I think this is how kind of we view our relationships. We think, well, I'm kind of a broken person. I have brokenness in my life, and I got to find the person that's going to complete me. It's going to. I mean, they're broken in all the right places. I mean, they're going to bring me joy. This is like what every movie and TV show it's built off of this idea man if you just find the right person all your problems go away man they'll just tell you how beautiful you are they'll tell you how amazing you are they're so awesome but the problem with the with with that is is that this is the reality how the other the other person is never broke in the right places they're always broke in different places so you try to you try to piece it together these are paper plates cuz i tried to do this with actual plates and they just like it was just a just a big pile of plates. I mean, there was no pieces. It was just all a million little pieces. There were no big pieces because that's really how we break, isn't it? And we don't break in these little perfect places where the other person can complete us. Right. But here's what marriage is, really looks like. Marriage looks like this. God completes me as a person. That's why in the beginning when God created Adam, Adam was complete with God. That, that he didn't create a family. He didn't even create a marriage. In that very beginning, he created just a person. And that person is complete in God. So here's what marriage looks like. God takes my pieces and makes me whole. And then, well, and then my wife becomes a whole, whole person. And marriage looks like this, two plates together. And then two plates, complete plates together, then can lay on a table and can serve a family and can serve guests and, and, and can be a place setting for a family. And, and I, think, I think we buy into this lie that other people complete us instead of the reality that only God can complete our lives. So that's, marriage is not the pinnacle of life. It's not going to solve all your problems. And all the married people said, amen. A lot, you know, marriage is like, to, is like toothpaste. Whatever's in you, marriage is going to squeeze it out of you. And so, 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 so it starts with God. It starts with seeking, seeking God in, in our lives. So I just wanted to give you a few tips today. Um, on the subject of seeking God. So it starts with you. Say it starts with me. Starts with me. Starts with me. So don't wait on the other person. So if um, God's calling you, and, and, and maybe, you're, maybe your spouse is not serving God right now. Maybe it's all you. Maybe you're leading the, the home spiritually, whether the husband or the wife. Um, seek God. Pray for your spouse. Seek God for your spouse. It is so powerful um, when when we do that. And another thing is, don't guilt or shame that person. Don't don't make them feel guilty if they're not serving God right now. If they're not in that place and you know on fire and all the things. Don't guilt. Don't guilt them. I feel like the thing for that we get mixed up in a lot is is when we're trying to fix each other. Yeah. And because, like, there's things yeah. that I'm good at that you're yeah. not good at and sure. vice versa. And so I try to fix you, you know. Yeah. And then me, you know, I'm a pastor, so I fix you spirit, all the spiritual things. So mm -hmm. I can say all the Bible. I do it with Bible verses, yeah. <laughs> which is not good, you know, which, which, is, which is not good. And, and really the reality is the best thing that I can ever do for, for you and the kids is just 
allow God to change yeah. my life. Sure. I, I wrote this in my notes that the best mm-hmm. gift that I could give you is a healthy me. Yeah, and vice versa. That goes both ways. That that instead of mm-hmm. living our lives and oh they should, you know, maybe maybe yeah. that's like oh if they did and if they would seek God, if they would pray. But but you know my my in my family my grandmother served God for years without my grandfather, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the thing that he always would say is that she would never she never badgered him she was never mm-hmm. belittling of him she always honored him as for, for the for the provider that he was and for all yeah. the good things and man he gave his life to Jesus and I mean I can't even imagine him having not went to church because right. he left such a legacy of faith but the yeah. point is it starts that's good it starts right. with you. It starts with us. Another thing is make it a habit. Um, and this can be a struggle depending on a season of life that you're in. I know we've, we've gone through seasons that we're like killing it, you know, just like seeking the face of God. Right. Maybe that too. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's seasons in your life where you're, you're praying together every day. You're reading the word together. You're having that time together. Um, but then there's some seasons where you might not, you might miss it. You might do it once a week, you know, and be able to, to do that, you know, and pray together and things like that. But it's just being conscious of this. This is what we need to do together. This is what holds our marriage together. This is what makes us strong and, um, able to fight, um, the things that are going to come at us because we all know that they do. So make it a habit. Um, even if we don't read the word together, we read the word together. We're reading the same thing. Right. So, um, you know, we read the one-year Bible together, and then we can ask each other, hey, what'd you get out of that? There was a verse <laughs> in Proverbs a couple of weeks ago because we were reading Proverbs. And I was like, hey, did you read that scripture? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. One of those good ones about oh, yeah. loving your wife or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> no, but it's just there's something so powerful well, about, I, if I could about just that. be real, I feel like we we miss this more than we hit it. Um, and and I, I, but I feel like days like today are great reminders, even for us, because even praying together is not something that just comes naturally, you know, to us. You know, you, you know, it's it's something that we have to because when we go to bed at night, we're tired. You know, we're you know we're you have to. It has to be some, at least for me. It has to be something. It's a choice. It's not just if you wait for the feeling. The feeling may, you know, happen every once in a while, but it's the habit that makes all the difference. So, uh, you know, a good just breakdown is what are the habits in your life? What are the habits in your personal life, regardless if you're married or not? But are are you seeking God, in, you know, in a habit kind of way? What are you doing before you go to bed? What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Is it is it Facebook all day, comparison all day, or is it is it you know taking time to to focus on, on on seeking God together. You know, what happens around your table? You know, are, are the phones down? Are your hands, are you praying together? Are you talking about spiritual things? Do you have a verse you're learning? I mean, you know, just, just it, it, starts, it starts with God. And um, according to a family life survey, I saw that fewer than 8% of Christian couples pray together regularly. But of the Christian couples that do, fewer than 1% divorce. So it has a big... Um, it has a big effect on the rest of our life. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So it starts with seeking God together as a family. Uh, here's the second thing if you're taking notes. Fight fair. Fight fair. So seek God. From this day forward, I'm going to seek God. From this day forward, we're going to fight fair. And so we all fight different ways. Some of us are... Um, 
you know, you know some of us, we're, we're boisterous. Some of us kind of hold it in. But the reality is that problems are part of the process of any relationship. I get nervous when I talk to couples. They're like, oh, we never fight. We never have disagreements. Because I'm like, those, it's the silent ones that'll kill you. Like, that's, that's what it is. You know, it's, 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 it's the people that, that that's kind of silence who they are and, and, and be, be domineered by another person. Those are the marriages that really um, are, are destructive because problems are actually are sent to help make us stronger. You know, it's like whenever you're working out, when you break down that muscle, it grows back stronger. And in 12 years of being married, it's our struggles that have made us the strongest. You know, it's 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 being there, you know, when, when loved ones have died and, you know, and holding each other while we're going through stuff with our family and transitions and, and, and health problems and kids being born and financial difficulties. And, you know, it's, it's, it's those struggles that actually make us stronger. So, and it's, it's all in how, how we fight you know, it's all in how we, how we disagree and how we can help with that. Right. And something that we've been learning about recently is love and respect. And um, we've been talking about this in our small groups. And um, love and respect are the two foundational love languages. And Ephesians 5.33 tells us, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So God never tells a wife to love her husband. He doesn't do that. Because, why? We naturally love our husbands. I love you. I love you. You know, we tell him that a hundred times a day. Um, but the same for him, you know, God tells him to, re you know, the respect thing. So, um, that's a huge thing. And we, and we are learning, we are learning guys. Okay. No, it's so, but, but it's so good. It, it was like eye opening for me because yeah. I realized that whenever I feel disrespected, I don't love. Yeah. You shut you know, down the love. I, I shut down the romance. I shut <laughs> down the love. I shut down those things when I feel disrespected. Yeah. But at the same time, whenever you speak honor over me, you know, when yeah. you tell our boys about how Absolutely. great of a dad I am or whatever, yeah. uh, man, it just makes me, I it feel builds like them up. You know, I and feel the like same for the, for, for the wife. You know, yeah, when and, you and, feel and, loved, you feel like you can conquer the world. Yeah, and it's not saying that I don't want love or you don't want respect. It's just right. this is a big, big deal uh, that that, you know, men naturally, I, there's a study done. It says 7,000 couples were interviewed, and when they, they said, when you're in a conflict with your spouse, do you feel unloved or do you feel disrespected? This is so amazing. 83% of men said whenever they're in a conflict with their wife, they felt disrespected. 72% of women in conflict said they feel, felt unloved. So, so, so that, you know, as, as a, as a, as when you show me respect, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, I feel like I'm like the king of the world. Mm -hmm. I, I want, it's like, I want to rise to the occasion, right? but it's, it's whenever, uh, whenever you demean or whenever, you know, act in that unloving way, mm -hmm. uh, it causes me not want to, but in, in vice versa, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing so how it works. Yeah. So some tips for, um, fighting fair, our spouse needs to know that they hold the highest place of honor in our lives. And this is over our parents, this is over our kids, over our jobs, over our friendships, our relationships. They need to know, they have to know um, that we honor them and, and respect them. And this is, you know, marriage goes first. We put marriage first above all, all of these things. And another thing is always stay thankful for your spouse and um, never compare. It's so, it's so easy nowadays to, to compare our lives with everyone else because we have social media. And um, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's real life. And so we're only seeing those people's highlight reels. They're not showing us their real life. Come on. <laughs> and it's always um, something like when we were like going through something, like we'll get in like one of the people we know, they're like on the beach somewhere, you know, at any given yeah, moment. Yeah, and we're like, or like, AC's broken or something. Yeah, yeah like so going We're on. like sweating to death <laughs> at six months like, pregnant. What is happening? But, um, just always be thankful, stay thankful, and don't compare your life. Well, the Bible says it's not wise. Yeah. You know, don't compare your husband or your wife to somebody else's. Right. Um, you know, be, be thankful. We, we say this a lot. Um, we were talking yesterday. We need to be each other's biggest fans. Right. And, um, and I feel like that's what, I, what you constantly do for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like you're my biggest fan. You're always in my corner. Right. Uh, you're encouraging, encouraging me. And, um, um, you know, because we want to be in places where we're celebrated, not where we're tolerated. Right. And, you know, that's, that's what grows a church. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I think that's what I love so much about City Hills is when people come here, it's like high fives and hugs and what's yeah. going on in your life. And, man, what tell me about your job and how can we pray for you and what's going on. And man, we're so excited. Students, ah, you know, main event, ah, you know, cool shirts, ah, life, ah, you know, everything. Well, we're just celebrating. Why? Because you want to be in an environment where people are right. celebrating. That's why we love going downtown to Neyland Stadium, and we, we're celebrating. You know, even if we lose, we're still celebrating being there together. There's something about being in an environment, and your home yeah. should be an environment where you are celebrating your spouse, right. where you're bragging on them, and you, you, you shouldn't, your, your good news shouldn't go to your mom or to your coworker. Your good news should go to you know, I should tell you first right. whenever something exciting happens right. in my life um, right. because we're our biggest, each other's biggest fans. Right. And another thing is learn to serve your spouse. Um, and, this, and this can be in the smallest, the littlest, tiniest things that you do. Um, maybe you, you know exactly what they love. Um, and, like, mine is chocolate. So if Brandon brings me chocolate, like, whoa. Chocolate-covered strawberries. Chocolate-covered strawberries. Like, my life has changed. But, um, but in all seriousness, but my, the goal for me is, is to lighten Brandon's load and lighten the burdens for him yeah. and um, just learn to serve, learn well, to be a servant. It's so easy for me to come home after a busy day and just think, man, I've saved the world, and I'm just going to come in my castle and just be, and it's just such a wrong thing because you've saved the world, too, and you've done what you did today, you know, too, and you got, bo you know, it's like, I just think we, we just totally lose it whenever we diminish what the other person's doing because I think whatever, you know, it's like this statement, you know, it's only minor surgery on someone else. And, you know, that's, my pastor told me that growing up, anytime you go to the hospital, pray for someone, it's only minor surgery on someone else because whoever's having the surgery, it's their world. It's a big deal. And and just, just kind of being that openness to realize, man, it is your world. It matters to me. Uh, and it's it's just... It, it's it's work. It's work. I wrote this at some things for about about fighting. I thought it was good. Never call names, unless <laughs> um, good names. Uh, never raise your voice. Never get historical or hysterical or, or hysterical. Ne never say never or always. Um, you always. You never. You uh, never good thing. Uh, never threaten divorce. And here's the most important. Never quote your pastor during a fight. Never. <laughs> <laughs> You don't do that either. That's right. <laughs> James 1.19 says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Isn't that true? 
And, and regardless if you're married or not, what are you doing with your anger? What are you doing? You know, if you're telling off your parents every time that they're saying to do something, you, you, you're, you're, you're really setting yourself up for a hard future. Um, because this is, this is life. Life is, life is difficult. And when you honor the people that God's put in your life, <clears throat> you really are blessing yourself. Uh, it says, uh, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness, the righteous life that God desires for you to have. So that's good stuff. So we're going to fight fair. And then number three, we're going to have fun. Yes. Say have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. And so without fun and romance and sex, marriage is reduced to a business relationship. How boring is that? It's like roommates. Yeah. yeah. Um, fun is not a luxury in marriage. It is a necessity. It's a necessity. We have to have fun in our marriage. I always, I always think it's funny when we talk about this kind of subject because if you're engaged in here, you're like, these fuddy duds, like, what are they thinking? Talking about having fun. Like, that needs to, seriously, Brandon, that needs to be a point on the thing that we actually write down. Like, we're getting married because we're having so much fun. Like, we want to have fun for the rest of our lives, so we're getting married, you know? And, and the reality is life can push the fun out of relationships, Life can push the fun out of it when you have life and bills and, 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 and family and cars and, and AC problems and all this kind of... You had AC problems this week. If, if you, you can't, can't tell. tell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing now, but... That's right. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is, is that it has to be a priority, fun. Right. Um, kids laugh. I saw a statistic. Kids laugh 150 times a day. Adults laugh six times a day. So sad. And so the Bible says that laughter is like a good medicine. Yeah. So I think a lot of our marriages and relationships and our own personal lives emotionally, could it be that we are all in a wreck and sick because we haven't been taking our medicine? We haven't been having fun? Yeah. Haven't been enjoying each other's company and spending time together right. all along the way? Uh, here, here's a couple types of fun that every married couple... Um, can enjoy or every couple can enjoy the first so, is face-to-face face-to-face yeah. so getting on the same page is huge and and communication i know all of us ladies like to talk and face for, for face. me i like for my <laughs> husband to look at me when i talk to him i mean if it's like a legit conversation like and because there's been times where he doesn't and i'm like hello like hey Look at me. Um, so, but face-to-face communication. Our kid, he'll literally take my head, my head and like put yeah. it to, her, to his face. Like he's He's heard. my child. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Hudson, I'm like, look at me in the eyes. Look at my eyes. <laughs> um, but when life speeds up, our communication needs to slow down. Um, because when we're busy, we must intentionally slow down. Because life is crazy. We all know we all have so much going on every day. But we need to make it a point to connect with our spouse every day. Whether it's two minutes, you know, whatever it is. But make sure, I just know for me, um, when we don't connect every day, when we go a couple days and, you know, we don't legit talk about something real. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, what's up? Okay, good night. Um, I can feel it, and, and it shows. And it's so important for us to, to spend that time together and communicate. Um, we, we share schedules, so, like, I know, 
you know, what's going on in his world like this week. He knows what's going on in my world. That's a big thing for us. Yeah, even, um, even practically just, you know, you can do this so much with your phone now. Yeah. Just literally share a calendar. And as simple as that is, just when she puts a doctor's appointment on there, it mm. updates mine. And so I know what's going on. And, you know, and we miss from time to time. But, but just knowing, yeah. like, yeah. where I was, you know, what's going on mm-hmm. in our lives. And, and, and just embracing the reality. We're not two ships in the night passing. Right. We're one flesh. We're yeah. one person. And, yeah. uh, and, and, share, and sharing that information. And that takes, it takes work, work on both ends. But right. that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and never stop dating. It's so easy when, you know, you've been married for a while to be like, oh, well, you know. Costs that money. Was, yeah. We have to get a sitter. Get that a costs sitter. more money. Gotta go out to um, eat. But maybe, like, for us, God just worked a miracle on Friday, and we <laughs> were able to, like, go out to lunch together right. without kids <laughs> and, you know, have fun. And so um, that doesn't always happen. You know, most of the time we have to, like, arrange it and, you know, all the things. But... Um, it could it's be like after the kids go to bed. Yeah, we'll watch you, a, we'll watch we've a movie, done that not, before. Like, leave the house, but we'll stay at the house and watch a movie. Yeah, we just leave them. <laughs> like, They're fine. Hope they sleep good. <laughs> no, but you can you can be creative, and it does take work. It's not it's not always just going to happen um, for you. Like Friday, just kind of like popped in our lap. But you have to work at it. You know, order order dinner in and light a candle, and after the kids go to bed, and just talk just be together but never stop dating um make that a priority something that god's been dealing with me about lately we've been talking a lot about seasons of life somebody gave me a book about all the seasons like had kids and all their ages and the different seasons that they go through and it's actually something we're going to be offering all the parents at um, city hills kids in the next few weeks but it, it was just so good because it's it's this idea that everything is a season and we've been talking a lot about this just everything's a season so don't miss it so if you're if you're single right now, it's a season. If you're dealing with some financial stuff, it's a season. If you're having some problems with work, it's a season. If you're going through kind of some difficult things in your life, it's a season. If you're you know if you're if you're struggling with infertility, that was a season for us. If you have a season of miscarriage, a season. Of, I mean, there's all I think about our marriage. It's all been a season, and uh, and and the reality is is that without seasons, good and bad, we wouldn't be the people we are today. And so like don't just put it off to the next season, right. but enjoy the season that we're in. You know, if that means you're not going to nice restaurants and you're eating off paper plates, and, and that's the season you're in. But, but God's teaching you. It's, in, it's yeah. good. You know, that's why the, the book of Proverbs says it's, it's better to have uh, just, just a little bit in your home, but, but have quietness and have peace than to have a million-dollar spread and have, um, you know, and have strife and quarreling. And, and, and what, what is, what's the Scripture saying? That, that wherever you are... You, you can enjoy where you are, yeah. and God can teach you something where yeah. you are. And another way to have fun together is, we'll call it, well, face-to-face and then side-to-side. And that's doing fun things together. Maybe you guys share a hobby, or maybe he has a hobby, and you know he loves it. Do that fun thing together, you know, side-by-side, have fun, have fun together. Um, and uh, maybe maybe it's going to Dollywood, maybe it's going on a hike, maybe it's whatever it is. Just I went for a walk the other day, 
Yeah. And that was fun. I mean, just, just actually holding hands, <laughs> like just walking slow and holding hands and doing yeah. that. That was, that was, yeah. and the, the that. third kind of fun. So we have face to face, side to side. And the third kind of fun for all the married folk is belly button to belly button fun. And that's simply to say this prioritizing sex and romance and intimacy in the relationship. We talk a lot about this. To, this is, this is really the structure of these five things is what we teach people that are in pre-marriage counseling about marriage. And we say that sex is not a tool to use against each other. It's not a bargaining chip. Right. right. It's not a reward either. Right. For right. good behavior. Like it's 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 it, it's such it's a celebratory thing. It's it's I like to say this. You're the only I'm the only legitimate source of romance in your life. Mm-hmm. You're the only legitimate source of romance in my life. Yeah. You know, sex is the only thing that we share right. that we share with no one else. And, and it's 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 not something that you that that you just all oh, play with or say oh it's a tool and right. whatever it's something that it's a big deal. First uh, Corinthians yeah. seven. This isn't in your notes. Seven. First Corinthians seven verse three says the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife doesn't have authority over her body but yields it to her husband. And in the same way the husband doesn't have authority over his body but yields it to his wife. Watch this, verse 5. So don't deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. So if they're saying no constantly, maybe just in the season of prayer, I don't know. But Ask them how their prayer life is. <laughs> it says, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Right. And, and we say this, and I know it gets tense and tight and odd and awkward when we talk about this kind of stuff in church, but it's real. And um, one, it's not something to mess mess around with in the area of our relationships. And if there's any place we should talk about this, is church. Um, because a lot of times, and I'll say this, I think a lot of times when there's dysfunction in this area, it's because of abuse in the past, Amen. or it's, be, it's it's because of things in the past. And um, we we've said this every service today. Don't let counseling be a dirty word in your house. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't be so prideful that you can't ask somebody for help. Yeah. And don't just ask anybody. Don't go on Facebook. Some people yeah. go on Facebook when they have a bad day. Bad idea. Mm. <laughs> Terrible idea. But, but have some people. And as a church, we would love to help connect you with some licensed clinical Christian counselors in this city. And we even have counselors, licensed clinical counselors in our church. That, that, that you can talk to, that you can connect with. And if you have an issue with abuse, or if you're, even if you're single, if you're, what, this is an area you have to talk to somebody about. And uh, don't let counseling be a dirty word in your house because right. we all need... I, I don't know where we would be today if it wasn't for people that have been there for us. Right. I mean, I can think of when we were going through a difficult season with health and had lost a baby, there was a, there was a couple that if they wouldn't have been there for us and mm-hmm. spoke to us about a season they had been in, I don't know where we'd be. Yeah. I really don't know. And, uh, and so, so, so we need people, and that's the power of a small group. That's why you need small groups. The, that's the purpose. We call them small groups for a reason because we want them to be small. We, we want you to connect with people. We want you to find somebody where you can call when you're having a bad day yeah. and say, hey, we call it backing the truck up. We, just, we just want to unload the truck and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And right. you can, you, we need that, those kind of right. relationships in our lives. Right. So, so we said, um, we, we said um, seek God, fight fair, have, have fun. fun. And, and number four is stay pure. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. 
So um, this is a huge thing, you know, here we are in 2018. And um, so why is impurity in marriage increasing? Well, there's a lot more temptations today than I think we've had in the past. We have the internet, um, which can be a tool used for good, but it can also be used for evil. Um, we, we also have social media that is so... Um, you can you can you can reconnect with uh, past relationships in a minute. Um, you know, there's there's all those things. There's you know, people are getting married later in life, um, living together, yeah, I and think that's, um, I think that's a big one too because I think that's a lie in our culture. Yeah. That you know you need to live together before you get married. In the, in the statements, you wouldn't uh, test drive a car. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't buy a car without test driving the car yeah. and doing that and. And, and for every story that I have of something like that working, I bet I have a, I have 20, 30, maybe even more stories where that just doesn't work. It's yeah. not God's ideal. It's not how yeah. God designed it to be. Yeah. Because here's the problem. That works great for cars, but you're not a car. Right. You're human. That's right. You, you have yeah. mind, will, emotions, your body, soul, yeah. spirit. And, and there are certain things that are reserved only for that commitment. Right. And, uh, and, and, and purity. And, that, and I think I think that type of mentality and thinking people that are doing that it's not they're not evil terrible people but i believe it's just listening to our culture instead of listening to god right and um and and, and i think it's a temptation yeah. that we have that that's just that's just a normal thing right now in our society right. that i think is really hurting people's yeah. purity and purity is not just for the teenagers and the singles um and but but it's so important purity is so important for our marriage relationships and our in, in our lives so as true. well. Yeah, I think here's some here's some ideas about this, just some um, realities about purity because purity paves the way to intimacy in our lives. Purity, we, we can't truly be into, we couldn't, we can't have an intimacy, not just physical intimacy, but just intimacy of heart if, if there's impurity in our lives. And that's the power, that's, that's why the power of God and forgiveness is so important in our relationship because as God cleans us, makes me a whole person, then I'm able to, I, I, I'm able to I'm able to actually enjoy intimacy and we can make a difference together. So here's just some things we need to have some outward purity in our behavior. So set some boundaries and limits. If if you're single, uh, if you're if you're dating, this is so important that you make the boundary before you face the situation, where you define not just to yourself, but you let it be a verbal out loud. This is not what's going to happen in this relationship. Uh, before set a boundary before this is just this is who I am I'm a believer I'm saving this for when I get married uh, and you define out loud what you are and what you're going to do and have some boundaries in your life uh, Billy Graham what an incredible man of God went home to be with the Lord this past week and one of the things that was so amazing about his life and ministry is his life of integrity uh, he would he would before he would go into a hotel room he would send his staff to check on the hotel room to make sure that there was not someone waiting for him in the hotel room because everybody was trying to tear down his credibility because of what Jesus was doing in his life. And you know, the enemy's trying to do the same thing in your life. He's trying to tear down your credibility with your coworkers, your friends, your family, your influence. And so he would go and he would make sure his room was cleaned 
Um, it was make sure everything was okay, no one was in there, because there would be someone waiting to snap a photo and to plant someone there, and he would make sure he lived a life above reproach. And so, so like, we, we do things. Like, we have a boundary between each other. You're never going to see me riding in a car with someone who's not you, uh, someone, a, a woman that's not you. I'm not going to eat dinner or lunch um, um, or with, with someone of the opposite sex that's not you. And, and these are just standards in our lives. You have all my passwords. Right, we share passwords yeah. um, to everything. And, and, well. and that's so important because I know a lot of couples that, that, that have a distrustful relationship toward one another and get yeah. um, really defensive when it's like, well, why do you want my password? What do you want to see who I'm texting or whatever? And, and I always say, that's fine. Like, I'll encourage you to do that. Like, that's, that's okay with me. I want you to. My email's on your phone, even though you don't like it. Uh, it's, you, the notifications are off because I get a lot of emails. But I want you to, right. we have access. That's the point. You have access to one another. Right. And uh, you, you have access to, to, to what messages are coming on Facebook or right. access to life. That it's, it's not some imposition for you to know what's going on. We're one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I, want, I want you, and also having accountability, yeah. having people in your life, having accountability software, um, that, that, all kinds of different things. I could go agnosium about this kind of stuff, but most yeah. of all, allow God to touch your heart right. and to touch your life and, yeah. and, and to realize the scripture says, if your arm offends you, cut it off. So that's simply to say there are aspects of our life that we need to take drastic measures in. So if that means you change jobs because of a coworker that you can't, you can't handle because of the advances, because there's an inappropriate emotional relationship, I don't know. It could be a myriad of things. It could be getting rid of your phone or your computer or changing passwords or getting an accountability software. Regardless of what it is, we need to take drastic measures to make sure we stay right. pure in our relationships. Another thing is is to guard your heart in in these seasons. Um, maybe you're in a season of health issues. Um, maybe you're in a financial difficulty season. Maybe um, you're in a pregnancy season. All these se- seasons can be difficult, um, you know. And it's so important that we guard our relationship, guard our marriage, and. Um, in inward purity, you know, your heart, guarding your heart, let God make you clean. Maybe, maybe you have had some, you know, issues in the past. Maybe you're dealing with some things right now. God is so faithful and he is a restorer and he will restore you and, and lift you up and restore that marriage. Yeah, from this day forward. Right. Start, from start, this day forward. Start today. Yeah. Cause Satan's an opportunist. Right. Um, you know, he, he, takes advantage of those difficult seasons. Right. Anyone who I know who has had an affair, who is in a, in a, I'd say this, any singles that are in an inappropriate relationship with someone, it is usually a perfect storm yeah. of situations happening financially, in your work life, mm-hmm. in physical life. It's just, and Satan takes opportunity with that. Yeah. So um, being on the, you know, going to God, yeah. asking God to help us, being keep us guard. pure. Mm-hmm. Again, go back to seeking God. And musicians, you could come. And here's the fifth thing. From this day forward is never give up. Mm-hmm. We talked about seek God, fight fair, yeah. have fun, stay pure, and then lastly, never give up. And this just speaks to the reality that, that marriage is a commitment. And, and, and that's why it's, commitment's kind of a cheap word in our society and culture today. And we both come from broken homes. And we've had this conversation so many times um, and continue to because um, commitment is a big deal. Here's some statements about commitment. Commitment means being willing to be unhappy for a while while you work it out. That's what commitment means. Commitment means I'm not happy right now, but I'm still committed to you. 
We're going to work this out. We've had hard years. Our second year of marriage was very difficult. It was hard. Um, we went through transitions that were very hard. We went through physical seasons that were hard. Um, here's another one. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you would do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Because married, marriage is a covenant, not a contract. A contract is based on mutual distrust. And when you sign a contract, when you sign a lease, you're doing it so, man, if they don't fulfill their deal, I don't have to fulfill my deal. But marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ and the church. So marriage means, man, God's faithful to us even when we mess up. Aren't you thankful that God's faithful to you even when you screw up? Even whenever you've messed up along the way? But God's already made up in his mind, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to stand by you no matter what. And that's what marriage is supposed to be in God's eyes. To make the commitment to never give up. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 will end with this. It says, don't become weary in doing good. And I just want to pause for all the married folk in the house today. Or for all the single folk in the house today. Don't get weary in doing the right thing. I'm reading a book right now called The Dip. And it's about business and life, but the main idea is that anything worthwhile always has a dip in it. Make sure you don't quit in the dip. I want to tell someone that's believing for God to bring the right person in your life, don't quit in the dip. Don't settle.